0: Are you looking for love? Are you struggling in your relationship? Do you need advice? Whatever sort of problems you are having when it comes to love, romance, finding your new boo, today's expert guest is the one for you to listen to. I got to sit down with Dr. Nicole. If you have not ever seen her show on OWN, it's called Put A Ring On It. She is the master of advice for couples, of advice for leaders. She's got so much great wisdom and we are talking about it all. I sort of geeked out and asked her all kinds of questions about how I should be in my new relationship and I love the wisdom that she came with. So check out today's episode with Dr. Nicole and make sure that you check in with us on social and let us know what you thought. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Let's start with, uh, will you tell the listeners who you are, share your story, tell us sort of how you got to the place that you're at?
1: Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Nicola Beach. I am the master relationship coach on the wonderful, amazing show. I'm so excited of how well it's done and how well it's been received. Put a ring on it on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And maybe part of the reason I'm so super excited right now is because we just got renewed for season three. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you to, you know, folks that have really supported the show. And, you know, I I think I got here in a very organic way, to be honest. My parents were Caribbean beauty shop owners. They were entrepreneurs that owned a beauty salon. And from that, I really got the opportunity to connect as a little girl with people's dreams, people's pain and aspirations as it related to business ventures, um, their relationships with their kids, relationships with their spouse or or people that they were trying to build long-term relationships with. And that was just the community that I was steeped in. So it's not uh, irrational at this point, 25 years later, to be continuing to work in the space of relationship coaching and professional and executive coaching, helping leaders and people navigate love and leadership pretty much.
0: It's interesting that you say love and leadership, because I think that those things probably go a lot more hand in hand than maybe some people give them credit for, because Mm -hmm. it's all about how we're showing up in a relationship, how we're showing up for ourselves what are some of your philosophies when it comes to um, how you can be in healthy relationship either with a team at work or with a partner in life?
1: You know, I find that a lot of times when it's not working well, it's because there may be a tool um, that you're missing in how to communicate, or how to connect, or how to be seen, how to be heard. And then that manifests in other ways, whether that's at work, or at home. So one of the things that's kind of bizarre is that a lot of times people never really think about learning how to be in relationships. Like when you're in the first grade or in kindergarten, the the sandbox is about sharing and all of these really great qualities. But then as you get older, nobody really talks about, okay, how do you use those in adult relationships, to create an allyship um, with someone at work, or to create a sponsorship where someone sponsors you throughout your career, or mentorship opportunity, or to create a friendship that moves into building love incrementally over time to build a life. People talk about it as if it's just something we should know. (laughs) Yeah. Just magic pixie dust, and and we know how to do it because you're a good person. And the problem with that is, okay, great, we're all good people, but you still need the tools to build what you're trying to build. And if you don't have them, it can be challenging.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think this is a really interesting conversation for me. I last year got divorced and it was an 18 year relationship. It was the only person I'd ever gone on a date with. So that's how much life experience I had. And for the first time, basically in my adult life, I was dating, right? And I have a boyfriend and that feels wild, but then also navigating when you do say something that you unintentionally triggered the other person or when you're not feeling like, I love that you use the term not feeling seen, because I do think that that is such a big part of showing up for our partners is how do we make sure that they feel seen for who they are? What do you say to someone who is maybe in the midst of a new relationship like I am, and trying to figure out how to do this thing if maybe they don't have the tools yet?
1: You know, this might sound a little bizarre, but you know, let the person meet you. And I know that might sound like, huh, didn't she just say it's her boyfriend? Yeah. No, <laughs> right? I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, we we do a lot of maneuvering to not be rejected, not be seen a certain way, not be labeled a certain way. And in all of those maneuvers, what we're really creating is a great place for a persona to live.
0: (laughs) Yes. Like our
1: personas got the, the, the whole, you know, whole situation and we're in the corner like this, trying to just find a little bit of space. And really when you start to say, you know, I have my life experiences and I'm on the road to really loving who I am. And I'm doing the work, whether that's in coaching, accountability relationships, therapy, whatever it is that's going to help you be fully clear that who you are is the guarantee and it's really good. Yeah. Once you do that kind of work to understand that it's a continuum and a process, The hope is that what you say is, I'm pretty fabulous. Like perfection was never the goal. So I'm going to let you meet me. Yeah, And if who you are does not connect with who I am, it is so okay because my practice and skill set is in being me.
0: Yes, that's 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 so good.
1: Right, I'm committed to that fully. So it's okay if once you meet me, 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 not her, me. If for any reason you don't feel like that brings sunshine into your day, that that helps you to see that I'm willing to see you because I'm willing to let you see me and all the other things that go with that, we're just not a fit.
0: I don't have to make
1: this work. I got to make this work.
0: Yes. Oh, it's so good. Cause I remember when I first started dating him, I wasn't even conscious of it, but I was sort of muting the parts of myself that my ex-husband didn't like. Um, and I, I would find myself going like, Oh, I have too much energy or I'm too loud or I'm waking up too early or, you know, just all these things that I in the past had learned to sort of make small mm. and then I, and I was scared. Like I had a fear of, of man, if I, if I show up in this way, like I really like this person so much. And what if he doesn't like it too? And mm. then I just thought, dude, if he doesn't like it, then he's not a man for you. It's yeah. actually better that that you figure that out really fast. than yeah. you, like you said, like, I love that. Like, this is a great place for your persona to live. Because, oh my gosh, yeah, I don't want to repeat mistakes of the past. So it's important to show up as yourself.
1: And and what happens, you you just had the cutest girly face. You were like, oh, I really like this person. And like everything in me was like, yay! (laughs) What would happen if we felt that way about ourselves? Mm. And we were like, oh, I really like this person. I really really like this person. So I hope you get to enjoy liking her too, because I really like her. Yeah. How does the narrative change for us when that is the start of our conversation? And if you're in that place where you're like, yeah, but I don't really like her that much. I, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't like her that much. Then what I say is, well, you've got to show up for her the way she shows up for you. Because the last time I checked, before I even started wearing a bra, my reflection showed up whenever I showed up. Whenever I go to the mirror and I've tried all kinds of, you know, I try all kinds of things to see if I can slip her up. And she's like, no, I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to be here every time you show up. So then maybe it's time to say, what am I missing out on? Why I don't like you. Who taught me not to like you? Who said that you weren't amazing and wonderfully made? Who caused trauma that might make me believe that I wouldn't show up for me? Hmm. A lot of good questions. I don't have those answers. It's time for me to get a tribe that can help me figure that out. Because if she's going to show up every time, I need to show up every time with the same regard for her that she has for me as my reflection. That's a fair exchange. That is a wonderfully equitable relationship with yourself.
0: Yeah. I love that. How do you suggest if someone hears this, they're like, man, I need that community. I need that tribe around me. How do you, how is that a relationship that you can establish or begin to grow that community if you don't feel like you have one right now?
1: You know, there are so many now resources that are out there. There are books.
0: Don't, you know, don't
1: underestimate the power of knowledge to reset your mindset. Yeah, remap, literally remap this wonderful thing behind your ears where you're like, oh, no book is going to change that. You don't know that. So we're, we're here to give you some opportunities to understand that there are apps now. The same way there are apps that help you go to sleep and help your brain to start to slow down so you can get a restful night's sleep. There are apps. There are coaches. There are our group coaching opportunities, support groups, therapists, uh, clinical psychologists, accountability groups that will help you move towards being accountable for certain things. Like oh, I don't, I don't know, but I don't do good boundaries. Yeah, I don't do them well, and it gets me in trouble. Okay, well maybe it's time to work on that. Yeah, and find a community of folks that will say, oh yeah, I sucked at that so bad. I would lend people my car, my pantyhose, my my house. You want to borrow my house? No problem. Tell me when I can come back. I had that real bad. Now I don't use walls. I use boundaries and I'm in a much better place. Come on in. We'll help you figure out how to do that. It's so interesting, Rachel, when you're seeking solutions, how many opportunities from solutions show up?
0: Right, right. You know, it, while you were talking, I was thinking about too, just in terms of looking for things and finding them, if you found some best practices in who we attract to our lives. Because I think, I realized this in retrospect, I've been dating my boyfriend for seven months, maybe. And I was not looking for I was not looking to date. I was not looking for a boyfriend. I was, you know, i had come off this divorce and it was really hard and I didn't want anything, but I have the most incredible, beautiful, best friends. There's a, there's four of us in our friendship group. They are like my sisters. We have gone through all the things together. And I really do think that my friend relationships being so healthy and so beautiful is how I attracted this man who ended up, he was a friend that it grew into something more. But I think that sort of like attracts like, and I'm just curious what your advice is. If someone's listening to this and they're single and like, okay, well, how do I find love? What do you tell them to do?
1: You know, one of the things I hear people say all the time, I wasn't looking for it. And this is what happened. And often, what is is parallel to that is there was something that they found in themselves. There was a resolution, a release, uh, a closure to different circumstances, different things that happened that made them more joyful in themselves, more open, and able to magnetize good things to them. Because they were exhibiting good energy, yeah. So let me let me just speak to that because somebody's like, "Oh my God, please explain." <laughs> so you're not open, right? You got a lot of turmoil. A lot is just going on, and you're like, "I want a date. I want a date." You know, winter is coming. I don't <laughs> want to be alone. But you've got that energy, so you go to the grocery store. And in the grocery store, you're looking at tomatoes, just tomatoes. And there's a guy and he's looking at cabbage. He's on cabbage. You're on tomatoes. You got a lot going on. You don't even see him. All of your facial expression is about getting to the next thing. So there's no invitation for a hello. Right. Right. You're like, I'm going to get these tomatoes and I'm getting <laughs> these onions and I'm, and, right. Now his energy is, gosh, she's, she's pretty. And he's trying to figure out if, if I look, your way, are you going to throw the tomato at me? What's Because <laughs> your, your, your energy is not even inviting a hello. Now, the other scenario, you're not looking but you have resolved. Some things have ended. Some things need work. Some things are healing and a whole lot of things are good. You're at tomatoes and he's at cabbage and you just look up for a moment and you see him and you just, just smile. It's just a smile. And he smiles back and guess what he wants next after. after Yeah. That tomato. He, that tomato is calling him. And now he's like, how much are they a pound? Really? <laughs> is that interesting? And he just says, hello. Now, here's the thing. It may be just a hello and a giggle. And it's out into the universe that says, I'm so cool. And I'm so good with just life. And you never see him again. or. Two weeks later, you see him in the cereal aisle, and he's like, Oh my God, you're back. Well, it's fake. Let me come up and say hi. My name's John. What's yours? Yeah. That's the difference, often, that we don't even detect.
0: Mm-hmm. We don't
1: even know because it's coming from someplace that's not the clothes that we're wearing. Yes. Or the big job that we have or an amazing podcast that we do. It's beyond that. It's it's literally a smile that says hello.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think it's so good for people to hear it because I think they arm themselves with information or they keep looking or researching or asking friends to set them up or joining an app and all those things can be great. But there is sort of this cognitive dissonance between what you say you want and what you actually believe and put out into the world. And so I love the reminder that you're heads down, you have that to-do list, you're not even open to it, that you're rushing through life and that you're not curious and playful and smiling at strangers, which also, by the way, even if it doesn't lead to a a love connection, is gonna make you have a happier day. So it's such a good reminder.
1: It's such a good reminder. And, and it doesn't happen in all of these the ways that we think. Well, first of all, if you want to date, here's the funniest thing to me. People say, oh, Dr. Nicole, I really want to be in a relationship. I say, okay, go relationship. I really want to date. All right, go date. How do I do that? And I say, who knows that you want to date? Oh, everybody knows. Who have you told? Everybody knows. Who have you told? Dr. Nicole, I don't need to tell anybody. I've been single for like five years. Nobody knows. No, you think nobody knows? And then we start to laugh because what they recognize is, you know, I haven't said to anyone, I would like to start dating. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I am accepting eligible, wonderful gentlemen callers. If you know of a friend or a friend of a friend that you think would be interesting for me to meet, I would like to meet them. If you haven't said that in some form or fashion, people don't know it's not on their radar because you haven't given them a call to action.
0: Are you someone who believes that in that scenario, that, that person she's looking to date, do you believe that she should lay it out very specifically? This is what I want in a partner. Or do you think that she should say, I'm open to adventure. I'll sort of meet with anybody. How do you kind of tell people to pursue finding the person to date?
1: Well, usually when you're telling a friend, they have an impression of you. And they have an impression of their friends or people that they know. And and that's what's going to bring those connections together because they're like, oh, yeah, he loves to travel. She's always on a plane. Oh, they'd be great together.
0: Right, right.
1: And really, all you need is for a person to be vested enough in supporting your hello. They can't do the rest of the work for you and you don't want them to, you want to build something amazing with the other person. So you just want people to know that you want to enlarge your territory. You want to enlarge your circle of friends. You're not find me a husband. Can you Mm -hmm. find me a husband? They're like, oh boy, I'm just trying to be a husband. Yeah, you know, I I'm I'm trying to be a husband. I don't know about that. But if you're able to in a way that is free and non-I'm gonna hold you to this, and if you bring me a jerk, I'm going to get you, then they're like, you know what? I, I'll keep an eye out. I really yeah. will.
0: so let's say you go on a date mm-hmm. and you like someone, yes. but I mean, at least maybe this is not everyone's story, but I felt so confused about, uh, do, do we just say that? Is this like middle school? We say like, I like you. I wanna like, how do you, how does someone take it to where more than just casually like having coffee every three weeks or whatever? Like, how do you sort of get to the next place?
1: Oh, come on, Rachel,
0: right? You say, this is what you say.
1: I like you. Do you like me? Check, Check the box. Yes no. <laughs> right? And then you give them a pen and then right. you close your eyes really right. tight and right. you see what happens, right? Yeah, for I, mean, real. I, th- I think it's a great question. And I think what happens is we often are positioning ourselves to be chosen in that I like you. Do you like me? What I really want to know is if you like me. That's what I really want to know. And I'm hoping that me telling you that I like you prompts you telling me that you like me versus being able to say, I want to get to know this person and I want this person to get to know me. And I don't feel the need just yet to prematurely put a whole big like sign on them just because we do that in social media. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I like that. I like that. That's a picture, that's a moment, that's a a clip that you like. Now you're talking about another person. And it's so important at times to be vulnerable enough to show that you like a person. You don't have to declare it yet. You can hold it for a little while to see how the exchange is really going. And see if it's really mutual. Is it? Is it really, does this person really enjoy my company? Do I really enjoy their company? Then being vulnerable, you can say, I like you because it now is just a declaration. It's a comment. It's not, I like you and I need to know if you like me so that I can control whether or not we go out together one more right. time. Right,
0: right. I love that too, because I think, It's such a good reminder of like, I can't control how someone else is going to be inside of this relationship, but I can control how I show up in it and I can control, like, if I'm focusing on what I want to put out, what do I want to give energetically in the space that we're in, instead of obsessing over how I might be able to control your response to it, then one, it's healthier for me Two, I think we're just going to be happier people. Yeah i i definitely felt like i was so nervous and i didn't know i felt like i didn't know how to do anything so i was like oh i just wish there were rules i don't know the rules i don't know what we're supposed to say and so in the absence of knowing what to do i just thought kind of going back to our earlier conversation i'm just gonna show up as myself and myself i fall in love fast i fall in love hard and i just sort of i didn't say that but i definitely was like i'm just gonna all I can control is me. So I'm going to be very loving. And if that's not your vibe, that's okay. But at least then I know I showed up in this space authentically. That's what yeah. I did in the absence of knowing what to do. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, authenticity has its its wonderful place. And one of the things that I would say is, you know, one of the challenges um, when we talk about tools, right, is really unlearning some of our understanding of how to trust people and having a better trust metric that works a whole lot better for caring for yourself. You can say to a person you like them, but what does it mean? What what evidence do you see that speaks to their understanding of how you treat someone when you like them? When we were in kindergarten and in grade school, a pull on the ponytail was, oh, he likes you. Yep. Let's hope that we've evolved, right? By the time we're older, let's hope that you can see evidence that the person has the ability to care, has the ability to show empathy because all of those things are in the like category. If your like category has the right stuff, I just like how you look, is not sustainable, right? So if what you want is, I want I, I want to know if you like how I look in this dress, you can say, what do you think of the dress? Okay, check the box. But if you're talking about, I like you, what evidence do you see that speaks to a mutual connection in that space? And if you're talking about no, I really like you. Like I want to be in a relationship with you. What evidence do you have that that person is worthy of your trust with that level of commitment?
0: And what are the things we should be looking for in that scenario? You know,
1: consistency is a wonderful thing. People
0: often
1: tell us who they are, if we give them enough time to make a complete sentence.
0: That is a word today. That is, <laughs> that's a word. It's so true. People yeah. are always telling you who they are. You're just not listening. Give them wow. time
1: to make a complete sentence and listen to what they show you. They will show you what they're committed to, what their values are, whether or not their words align with their actions, i.e. integrity, what they spend their time doing, who they care about, who cares about them. You, you will learn so much if you are willing to collect data and share data because that's really what dating is. It's data collection.
0: Yeah, that's so real. right.
1: So before you're so deciding on what it needs to be, What is it? Do you have enough data (laughs) to read? the? Can you read the tea leaves? Are there any tea leaves? Are there any sentences? Is there any data? Or is it, I just like you, and I don't think I'm going to find anybody else that I like, and you're cute enough for me, and winter is coming. (laughs) That's the most important thing, Rachel. Winter is coming. So, Push all that other stuff call reality out of the way. Push all the other evidence out of the way. You're the one. Well, probably not the best, most strategic way, right? Yeah. It might buy you some time and it might buy you some good times, but it's probably not going to be sustainable because you don't yet know who you have and they yeah. don't yet know you.
0: How has this come to play working with couples on the show? Like, uh, you know, how is it showing up with people who like they're together maybe they shouldn't be, or are they exploring sort of new opportunities? Like, will you tell me how this manifests and how you guide the people that you're taking through a season?
1: You know, there was something that someone reminded me of uh, yesterday that was interesting. They said, you know how you said on the show in order to sweep things under the rug, you first have to see it to sweep it. And I said, huh. Yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> <Good night. laughs> That's what that's what you see a lot of times in relationships when the tools to correct whatever is the issue is not there, people move to avoidance versus to Home Depot, right? Mm. And they start to do weird things. My business partner and I, we talk about, you know, how many things are you going to build with the back of a shoe? Like how, how, how many things are you going to, to not get a hammer, to not just go to Lowe's and buy a trusted hammer. You're going to take that shoe and you are going to try to build a whole house with the back of a shoe. Well, On the show, you get to see a lot of that because the couples will say over and over again, there are things that have come up being on the show that we didn't recognize the importance of it, or there are things that we knew were there, but we didn't know how to fix it. So we figured we just put it somewhere. And what happens is that starts to morph into for a lot of couples, is this the person? Should we move towards marriage? Because I know that that closet's full. Now, don't go in there because we don't have any homeowner's insurance. We don't want something to come out, hit you upside the head, and then you try to sue us. Do not go in that closet. It's a lot in there. But both parties know that the closet is full. Now, they lock it and they move through the rest of the house as if nothing is happening until there's something else that needs to go in the closet.
0: Now, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Right? That is so good. Right?
1: Yeah, we are bracing. It's like, okay, I'm going to hold the right side. You hold the right. You hold the left side. Hold on. Right now we are being strategic because we can only open enough to push something else in there really quick, shut it really fast, and lock it. Well, we both know that it's full. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So what happens on the show that I I'm so grateful for and I appreciate is is the couple start to say, wow, we underestimated the power of having someone to hold the space and say, I'm going to open the closet and things are going to fall out, but it's not going to kill anybody. And I'm going to hold a space for you guys to go through and decide what just needed to be corrected so we could go on a shelf in an appropriate space. What's yours? What's his? What's ours? What's broken? What belongs to my mother? What belongs to your father? Where are the ghosts? Let's clean this out because Part of why it may be hard for us to make a decision about marriage is this closet.
0: So you find that most people, once they can sort of unpack the closet, will choose that it's the right thing to be inside of? Or yeah, most people will. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because, Because people want to do what they can be good at. So when you figure out, oh, we can be better at things that don't feel good. We can be better at things that hurt. We can be better at poor communication. We can improve that communication to be understood. You want to see me. I want to be seen. You want to hear me. I'm willing to be heard. And that starts to happen. Then people start to say, wow, this is so much better than the house we're living in. This is so much better than what we can or can't afford. This is so much better than bills or, or X, Y, and Z, because now all of those things that are quote unquote, not that great, we can work on together because we're good together.
0: So good. And I, I love too, and like want to acknowledge you for this, because I think you've talked a lot about tools, but so many of us didn't grow up with tools. And didn't grow up with an example of what a healthy, beautiful relationship could even be. So I think that we get caught inside of a, a reality that tells us that maybe our relationship is supposed to be fighting constantly or making each other jealous or things that we saw modeled for us with our parents. So I just want to acknowledge the work that you're doing because... It's clearly something that so many of us need to hear and understand. And we didn't have those lessons. So yeah. I'm grateful for the time and the wisdom of getting to learn from you today.
1: Aw, oh, thank you. I mean, we didn't. And it's such an unfair expectation that we would know how to do it because everything else we're practicing. But yeah. when it comes to relationships, Often we're imitating what we've seen. We're not practicing what we want. And that's a big difference.
0: Yes. Oh, that is so good. We're imitating what we've seen. We're not practicing what we want. I love the word practice too, because I think it practice implies that you get to try again and you get to improve as you go along, as opposed to thinking, oh, I've you know, I've done this, so I should know all of the answers.
1: Yeah. And the more you practice, especially, you know, it's okay to say to a therapist, so listen, I don't know what this love thing is supposed to even look like. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I don't, I hear people talk about vulnerability. What does that look like? What is that supposed to look like? How do I know if I'm on this side of the continuum or this side of the continuum? Because education is is a huge deal in understanding what it's supposed to look like when it's healthy. Often, we've seen it not in a healthy space, but it's all we had. Yeah. Right? Well, as you get older, it's, it's the opportunity to then say, you know, that's what I had growing up. And that's what I had in my first marriage. I think it's fair to say I may not exactly know what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. So every time I'm making an effort, I'm making an effort towards something that I'm imitating versus making an effort towards something new that I'm really trying to create. That is freedom for a whole lot of people in a whole lot of ways because it gives you the opportunity to say, you know, I don't know what that looks like when it's not screaming and yelling and falling apart and being deceptive and and degrading or whatever it looks i don't this is what i know help me find another framework so that i can start to do things to manifest that in my reality
0: well i think you've given all of us some new frameworks today Um, I honestly, I'm, I'm tickled and I feel like I could talk to you about, like, I want to be like, and real quick, when we get in an argument about this, but that's probably not the best use of our time. Um, If people are listening or watching and they want to see these frameworks modeled out in the show, where can they find details? Where can they find you on social? Give us all the juicy details.
1: So social, absolutely. Ask Dr. Nicole, all of my social media handles are ask Dr. Nicole. Also, if you want to go to the website, there's always good stuff there, AskDrNepaul.com. My partner in crime, in the best good crime ever, uh, Crystal Khalil. You can always follow Crystal Khalil on social media or Sister Diamonds LLC on social media. That will give you all of the pieces and the parts of everything that we're doing pretty much that you might be interested in. And the show is coming back. Put a ring on it. Yay. Thanks to you. Is coming back this year. So keep your ears open and ready. Watch. If you haven't caught up, you need to catch up so that you can <laughs> be ready. If you miss an episode you need to catch the episode so that you can be ready. But we are excited about the new couples that are, you know, going to be in our midst and courageous enough to help us see what it means to work on their relationship.
0: So cool. Dr. Nicole, thank you so much for the time. I sincerely appreciate it. I sincerely appreciate the wisdom and the energy and the joy that you brought to our talk today. And I hope that someday when we're not inside of a COVID world, we get to meet in real life and hang out for real. So yeah. I would love Thanks. that. Yeah. I would love yeah. that.
1: Thank you, Rachel.
0: The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis podcast is a 3% chance production.